Blog Talk Radio. Kellogg's Frosted Flakes, a delicious part of this good breakfast. They're great! Think they learned a lesson, Tony? I'd say they got the point. <laughs> now you can enjoy a scrum delicious Dairy Queen Sunday free. Medium size and your favorite yummy flavor. The free coupons on specially marked packages of Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. Hey, everybody, thanks for joining us on Matty P. Presents Saturday Morning Serial for the Saturday Morning Serial WonderCon Preview Show. I am Grim Shea, and joining me, as always, is Marky. Say hi, Marky. Hello, everybody. And joining us, a very special guest, an old friend of ours, a professional in his own right, Mr. Slick McFavorite. Hey, Slick, how you doing? Howdy. I'm great. <laughs> uh, I detect a little bit of an accent there. Why is that, Slick? Uh, I'm actually uh, driving through Texas right now. Dallas, Texas was the host city for the <laughs> G.I. Joe Collectors Club 2014 Joe Con. And for those of you out there that don't uh, quite know, um, there's more than Comic Con out there. There's all these little cons and stuff throughout the country. Uh, Slick here is an is a, is a expert on all things 80s toys. Uh, and he hosts the popular blog, Open Your Toys, where he talks about, let me see if I can get this list right, Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Transformers, and He-Man. Am I right? Yep. Not necessarily in that order. That's our big thing. We don't, they're all our children. We don't pick our favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are just the east, west, north, and south to you. Yep, yep. <laughs> exactly. Well, this this certainly is Providence. We caught you driving back from a convention during our convention show. Mm-hmm. I love this. I love this. How how was the joke on this year? It was good. It was good. Um, really low attendance, uh, which isn't it, which isn't out of the ordinary for JoeCon. It, it seems like depending on where it is, it'll be more or less popular uh, with these conventions these smaller ones like this that are very, uh, very specific. Uh, they tend to do a little bit better when they're in areas where uh, the whole family can enjoy it. So, like, they've had them out in Orlando, and those are really popular because, you know, a guy can convince his wife and his kids to come along, and they can do the parks, and he can do his, uh, his geek out with all his fellow G.I. Joe nerds. 
So this 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 imaginary man, you know, he's he's married with kids, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Most of them are. That's what's funny. You know, you have that stigma of the virgin living in his parents' basement, but uh, especially with Joe. Joe is very. uh, I mean, obviously, it's a military toy. So uh, many, many, many of the fans are military, and and just kind of regular guys that just like that grew up with this stuff and it's kind of a way to relive their childhood. Yep, and we are in the demographic now where in this age group, a majority of guys do have wives and kids. So Yeah, and... Um, <laughs> sign of the times. Right, and, you know, we have some, some help because every couple of years they put out a really bad G.I. Joe movie. So it kind of keeps it, you know, coming and kind of keeps yeah. it like on the forefront, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and by making it bad, there's keeps a cap on the attendance at Joe Con. Huh? <laughs> I don't think they <laughs> making it easier for guys like Slick to move about the floor. Yeah. I just I don't exactly. see I don't see those toys going anywhere. Um, hey Slick, I I had a uh, it was a a tweet or something that I read, and um, Inter- Entertainment Earth is they're selling a um, Castle Grayskull like toy set, right? And it looks exactly like the one that that we had when we were kids. I'm sure you remember this green Castle Grayskull, right? Oh, definitely. I've, okay. I've uh, every version of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it, it actually like jarred a memory that was just crammed down in there from a long, long, long time ago. My friend's mother, they all, like, she got like a born-again kind of thing going on, and she basically rid her house of all He-Man because it was like a like an uh, like an occult uh, kind of thing, and so we got all of these He-Man's from my brother's friend's house because of born again Christians. Have you heard about this happening in your in your travels? Yeah. Were, yep. were people yeah, were there their church zealots like uh, protesting outside of Jokon? <laughs> yeah. No, nothing like that there, but I am very familiar with uh, with the backlash uh, from the religious right of uh, Masters of the Universe when we were kids. You know, it, it, was, it was magic and it was sorcery and that was bad for the kids and that kind of thing. Unfortunately, I never had anybody uh, that religious that I knew that would bestow upon me a large He-Man collection. But. <laughs> yeah, it was like the the Green Tiger, the Purple Tiger, Castle Grayskull. It was, I mean, yeah, it was a it was a it was some nice booty, I would say. Nice. Yeah, that, those Grayskulls are huge. I mean, just. Just physically large yeah, toys, it was which a is always exciting when you're yeah, a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the newest one is is much much larger as well too. Uh, kids today, kids today. <laughs> bigger toys. Why, why can't they just play video games like everybody else? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, all right. That's that's enough diddling around, you you monkeys. Let's talk. Let's talk about WonderCon. Yeah, it's slick. Have you ever been to uh, WonderCon? No, that is that is one uh, convention I haven't had the privilege of attending yet. Um, I I also have never been. Uh, I do get the the idea that it's a it's it's kind of like where Comic Con was five ten years ago, as far as size and as far as impact. Um, have you heard things out you know out on the streets? I can kind of back that up. 
Yes, yeah, that's that's what I've heard as well. I've got uh, uh, friends of mine, uh, the uh, October Toys, they do a show called uh, Toy Break. Uh, they do WonderCon every year. They're right there in that area. They live in Sherman Oaks. So they do WonderCon every year. They do a nice recap of it on their show. Not as not as good as yours is going to be, obviously, but you know, they, they they're a close second. Yeah, yeah. Well, they don't have the the magic marquee touch. No, that's right. That's right. They don't. And well, and you know, I'm 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 actually hoping that some of the skills that I have learned by going to Comic Con are, are going to translate into a good WonderCon. You know, I've already kind of looked at what the maps look, you know, and how how it's laid out and kind of where to go. Um, and I, and that's actually a really good um, a, that's a good point to step into just kind of general tips of when you go into a WonderCon. Um, I believe we had a guest kind of um, he he kind of shared with us some tips yeah, on going to yeah yeah we talked to Dan he had uh, he had some tips um, some very good ones actually uh, because it is bewildering when you just walk into these things. They're huge. They're massive, uh, and and we talk to an expert because he's a journalist, mm-hmm. so he has to go as his job. Well, yeah, we talked to Dan Casey, who's uh, who's an editor down at thenerdist.com. dot mm-hmm. com. All right, Dan, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you got? Meanwhile, the Comic Con explosion the last fifteen twenty years. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you've done more than your fair share of them. I've um. So I'm actually pretty new to the convention scene. I, uh, I've only been to Comic-Con twice. I've been the last two years. Uh, but even that, it's just grown in the, that span of two years, it's grown exponentially. It's this, it's just a real testament to how, uh, how strong of a grasp that pop culture and these sort of, uh, geek facing properties have on the cultural zeitgeist. And it's, you know, a lot of people, this is their vacation. Like, they get one vacation a year, and they're taking the family to San Diego Comic-Con. And, you know, that's so cool that they have this place where they can feel at home, where they can feel like they can express themselves, and they can interact with the, the things they love and meet some of the people behind the things they love. Um, that being said, it is such a sprawl now that I do feel bad because you see people waiting outside for days and days to get into a panel and then sometimes people have been waiting outside for, you know, 24 hours, and then it comes time for the panel, and they don't even make it in because it's too packed. So it's, uh, it's a double-edged sword because it's a great thing to have for the community, but as it becomes increasingly commercialized and it becomes bigger and bigger, you know, some of these fans who it's, a, it's like a sort of a, a nice, safe, sacred space for them, they're sort of getting pushed to the side a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that very much, in fact... Uh... Yeah, we are uh, located in San Diego. Uh, oh, nice! I've been to several of them. Mark E goes every year mm-hmm. as our as our uh, press coverage, uh, and but mostly as a fan. How many years in a row have you gone now, Mark? Well, I actually, um, I I just I was just talking about this uh, yesterday. Um, I probably have been to twelve or thirteen of them. Um, and wow! There was a there was a point where I had to take a year off because I um, I had a another meeting that I had to go to in Hawaii. So I had an all expense, you know, paid trip to go out there. And so I decided to take it. Um, and it was probably, that was probably about six or seven years ago. It seemed to me that the year before I took that year off and then the year after that, it was a huge difference. I mean, it was a totally different beast when I came back 
Um, but yeah, I've been to about 13 of them probably. Uh, wow. And it, and it gets yeah. bigger and crazier every, every, every time. But as it, as it kind of grows outward, it kind of pushes people out and that kind of pushes them right into what you are doing because you are in a position to bring them that content that they, and that, that kind of connection to these properties. Would, would, yeah. would you not agree with that? No, I definitely, I definitely think you're right, especially, you know, there's, with the, the whole rise of geek journalism, there's definitely ways for people to stay connected and feel like they're part of the process, even if they can't make it to Comic-Con themselves or say they can't. No, you know, it's, it's just, uh, unless you have some sort of TARDIS or time travel device, you're not going to be able to see every panel on Earth or to everything you want to see. Right. Yeah. So that's where we get to fill in the gaps and, like, you know, we get to do these interviews with people. The other people get to... uh you know, other people might get to sit in Hall H and see the brand new uh, mind-blowing Godzilla footage, but then we get to talk to the cast about it, and then you go a little bit deeper and bring them inside the world of that. Yeah, yeah. You 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 go as a journalist, but then as a journalist, you have to assume the role of a fan because exactly. there is well, so it, much management of, of of the opportunities there. It helps that huge nerd is right below journalist on my LinkedIn profile. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get, get you moved right up there. Well, then, uh, exactly. In in both of your considered opinions, then, do you think it's hit a tipping point, or for the San Diego Comic Con at the very least, do you think it's no longer a viable grassroots alternative uh, uh, culture event? Oh, I don't think there's uh, I don't think there's much that's grassroots about San Diego Comic Con anymore. I mean. Once upon a time, yes, but now it's definitely kind of like a corporate behemoth. And I mean that in a good way. It still serves a great purpose, and it's a fantastic time. But uh, it's there's so much uh, giant movie studio presence, like people are they're doing these activations all over town. You can't walk down, you can't walk through the gas lamp district without getting handed some sort of promotion for a new show mm-hmm. coming out. Or you know, it's it is getting it is maybe approaching a tipping point. I I, I don't know. I don't want to. I, I don't want to think about it collapsing in on itself, but it's definitely at it's definitely at a uh, it's grown to be I think bigger than anyone intended or could have conceived. Yeah, yeah, it is it is a behemoth. It is a behemoth, and that's probably why over the last several years you've seen so many other smaller cons. Not even just the fact I think the official Comic Con has branched out. To several cities, but you've got like WonderCon. Yeah, and WonderCon is actually uh, that's by the same people that do Comic-Con. It's sort of meant yeah. to be. Yeah, it's a couple months earlier, so it gives. And the nice thing about those smaller cons is you actually have a, a larger chance of getting to the panels you want to go to and getting right. to interact with the uh, you know the stars that you want to see. Like get the smaller space allows for a more intimate experience, but exactly. you know there's something it's. It's like going to a local carnival versus going to Disney World. That's sort of like going to a smaller con versus going to um, Comic-Con. Because you're, you're going to have a good time because no matter what, you're going to have a good time. But it's just going to be a different style. Uh, that's a good analogy. Yeah, local carnival to Disneyland. Because yeah. If, if geek is a religion, then this is the Mecca. You know, this is where yeah. everybody goes. And, uh, you know, everybody here should definitely go there at least, you know, try to go there once and just kind of try to experience this. It's a massive undertaking, and you'll never be more exhausted, tired, and broke and happy uh, in your life. I mean, it, it really is a awesome experience. But if you don't get to go, then you, you know, you have to rely on, um, you know, sites like the Nerdist and, 
um, guys like Dan and guys like Chris Hardwick, um, you guys are kind of helping kind of move that needle and fulfilling that, that fix um, for that kind of insight, you know, and that kind of news and that kind of content. Yeah, you bring that geek smack. <laughs> geek smack. Geeking out again. Geeking out again. It comes out again. All right. Are you, uh, are you, are you going to be going to WonderCon by any chance? Oh, yes. I will be at WonderCon. I will be at Comic-Con. I will be at E3. I'm, I, I've got a lot of conventions and travel ahead of me oh. this year, so it's going to be busy, but it's going to be a good time. Well, welcome to our uh, WonderCon preview show. Um, <laughs> what are you planning to do over there? Here, there. <laughs> what are, uh, what's on the schedule for uh, WonderCon? Um, so I'm, we're still, uh, since we're still a little ways out, we, not, we don't have a lot of the specifics yet. You know, Nerdist is going to be putting on a bunch of fun panels. Um, I think we might be having a live uh, Nerdist podcast. I know we're going to be doing a Nerdist news panel, a Nerd, uh, panel to catch people up on what's going on. And we're going to have some cool announcements there, hopefully. Uh, but apart from that, I'm probably going to spend a lot of time uh, on press lines and interview rooms while everyone else gets to enjoy all the coolness that's going on in the main ballrooms. So I'll be standing up there, text like checking the internet feverishly to see what is happening in there, what what sort of footage is being revealed, so that I can then ask people about it. They really just need to put a TV in those rooms, just a little simulcast. That's all I'm asking, guys. Come on. Well, listen, Dan, I got good news. I'm, I'm oh, yeah? going to go, and you can just watch my civilian Twitter feed. <laughs> With the perfect, perfect. perfect. <laughs> I expect up to the minute updates. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I have been uh, I have been covering cons for reporters stuck in other rooms for years now. Real pro. <laughs> <laughs> the unsung heroes of journalism. Right. <laughs> uh, I hope that a number of our listeners are going to be going to that. And I was wondering if you had any little advice for them. Everybody walking through the to the to the first set of doors of any con, it can be intimidating. You got a lot of choices. Okay. You got a lot of areas. A lot of decisions. You got a lot of decisions. You got yeah. to right off the bat. Time management. Yeah. Most important. Here's you can see. Here's you can't see. I've got two huge tips. Uh, first of all. Food in any convention center is worse than like gulag gruel. It's, it's <laughs> basically inedible. Like you remember, you remember pizzas in your high school cafeteria. It's that divided by cardboard. They're terrible. Oh. <laughs> so pack some snacks. Pack some snacks. Like put some granola bars in your bag. Maybe some apples or something. That way you won't spend twenty dollars on the saddest like bowl of pasta you've ever seen. Um, and, and the Anaheim Convention Center is particularly bad about this. Um, in recent years, they've had some food trucks out front, which has been great. But then, uh, especially if you go around lunchtime, you're going to be waiting for a good hour to even get up there and order. So if you're oh. keeping a tight schedule or trying to make a panel, that uh, might impact your day a little bit. The second thing is bring some comfortable shoes because you're going to be on your feet quite a bit. Uh, you know, whether it's waiting through, cr- waiting through crowds, waiting in line, you can't always uh, sit down. So comfortable shoes, uh, your feet will thank you later when they are thoroughly unblistered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> comfortable shoes and food, too. Yes. Two, two good pieces of advice, no matter yep. what you're going to do. But especially oh, and, and uh, also, every year I go to a convention and you're going to wind up getting con plague if you're not careful. Someone there is like Gwyneth Paltrow in Contagion. They're going to get you sick and destroy the world. So bring some antibacterial, wash your hands, and bring some sanitizer. 
Oh, well, I never really thought about it like that, but yeah, you're right. It is. It yeah. can be pretty gooey uh, around there. Yeah, I, ca- well, I came home from Comic-Con last year with uh, some awful respiratory infection that I did not have the time or patience to deal with. <laughs> well, I guess, I, I guess, Marky, when you go to the con and you can't figure out why you're not sick, that means you're probably patient zero. No, I think yeah. it actually means I'm just, I, I actually think it means I just I drink too much at these things. That's what I think. It means. <laughs> you're taking That's... preventative measures. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nothing will stick to me. I'll tell you yeah. right now. <laughs> yes. Mark would like to echo all that advice and add, bring a big flask as well. <laughs> yeah, bring a flask. You're going to love it. Yes, for your water. <laughs> yeah, yes. Wow. Vodka makes the best. Vodka rum. That's, yeah. You know, uh, it makes great water. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> In what a spooky hotel. Home, isn't it? It's blueberry. With my hauntingly delicious cereal. Wow, blueberry flavor. With tasty marshmallows. It hasn't the ghost of a chance when Count Chocula's here. Oh, boy, a chocolatey flavored cereal. With tasty marshmallows. Blueberry. Count Chocula, I picture a delicious breakfast. <laughs> you, too, can enjoy a good, nutritious breakfast with... Blueberry. Count Chocula. Oh, wow, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah a lot uh, jam-packed with helpful tips. I know, I know. From us to you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, was a real, it was a real pleasure talking to him. Um, you guys heard Dan Casey on, a, on, our, on our last show. I don't know if that's all of the interview we have with him. I think we're going to be able to dig up a little bit more a little bit later, uh, or we'll just bring you the whole interview one of these days. But we really enjoyed talking to him. That was Dan Casey. He's with Nerdist. Yeah, uh, Nerdist.com. That's, that's, that's the future in entertainment is that – is that website and they are going to be everywhere mm-hmm. uh, you heard it here first yeah 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 first really uh but yeah we're we're all back so it's me marky grim hey everybody and slick is still on right slick yep still here all right yeah so um and we I, all heard, I, I just uh-huh. want to i just want to echo that that last suggestion uh, a, a air quotes water bottle is absolutely necessary con permission <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, and, um, I I do not go to a con without it. <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> well, it there's so many lines and so many people and all this stuff. You need a you need something just a little just to take the edge off, just a just a skosh, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. you pack that close yeah. to other people. Some social lubricant is <laughs> exactly what it probably is. does everyone a service. <laughs> well, since we're on the the topic of you know tips. Um, I think we should all share. We have all been to a comic convention of some kind. Um, you know, Slick has been to many of them. Grim here has been to a few. I've been to many of them. So why don't we all just kind of, you know, table a couple of tips for our listeners out there? Um, Slick, what do you got? Um, probably one of my big ones, but I don't see people do enough is uh, pack a lunch. I mean, uh, especially with me, I, I, I am very OCD about efficiency. And so, I mean, I, I'm planning my con trip, you know, down to the minute. And the last thing I want to do is try to figure out where the food stand is or where food's around, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big uh, fan of just getting some Tupperware getting some meat, bread, cheese, uh, 
if I'm traveling, I usually won't even buy condiments. I'll just go to, like, the deli section of the supermarket, yeah. and they have mayonnaise and mustard and little packets and stuff like that. And, and pack your lunch. String cheese is awesome. What you want to avoid is anything, obviously, too messy or... Uh, like tuna? Match. You don't suggest so like tuna? Chip. <laughs> I'm sorry, like what? Like tuna. You don't You don't think that we should bring tuna? <laughs> yeah, no. To, and, and you want to be conscious of the people that you may be literally one inch from. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah keep the smoked salmon at home or, you know, melt <laughs> the fish, you know, that kind of stuff. There is no microwave, okay? It's not going to help you. So, yeah, it should be, you know... I am a big fan of bologna, and I don't eat it maybe twice a year, but around uh, you know around comic you know around Comic Con season, I love that. That becomes your superfood. Bologna, mustard, and Cheetos in a sandwich is killer. Well, I got to be honest with you guys. I one of one of the highlights in my Comic Con experiences just here in San Diego. Uh, they have set up little food carts all over the place. Oh, I know this. And they serve uh, pretzel dogs. <laughs> the pretzel dog, the famous the the, the Comic Con pretzel dogs, which were made obviously sometime during the last Comic Con, <laughs> yeah. stuck in a freezer, and then they microwave it yeah. for about eight seconds, yeah. so that it feels warm to the touch, but is solid frozen inside. <laughs> you love I them. love those horrible, horrible pretzel dogs. Yeah. If you if you can get on board with that as your staple food then you might not need to pack a lunch. Yeah. <laughs> but if that doesn't sound appealing, you've got to treat going to the convention like going out into the woods for a day. I, I think that is, that is that's something great to look forward to. But do you have any tips as far as going to conventions? Like what's your thing? You know, I know you don't – you, I think, more than most people have a problem with a lot of people. Yeah. How, how do you I, cope? I, I'm pretty sure I am, I, I am very much an introvert. Right. As opposed to you two pros who are very extroverted mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and you know, you gain energy from being at the con and you keep it going. I, I, what I would recommend, if you are not that type, if you are more like me, set realistic goals. Like get Tell there yourself, at 2 p.m. Yeah, I'm going to spend two hours <laughs> so that you don't feel like you've been sucked in and you start panicking in the middle of a yeah. show floor. Because yeah, it is an intimidating experience. Mm-hmm. My tips, which I have... I've said it in, 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 the, in the past, and I'll probably say it again, but make, and this is going to sound kind of, you know, after school special here, but make friends when you're there. You know, friends are the biggest help at any convention because they're going to give you the, you know, more eyes and ears out, out on the field is a great thing. And if you are in a situation where there's, you know, many different long lines going on at the same time, if you have more friends, then you can you basically you know have a little proxy guy in line for you over here or over there. You can call him and say, "Hey, I'm in this line. Come and join me over." Here. You know, so making friends um, is the best way. Well, obviously, you also run the chance of you know meeting a lifelong friend, a significant other. You know, who the hell knows? But um, there's a lot of utility in in and having friends, and there's safety in numbers, especially when it comes to these things. So, you know, if you really like that guy in that, uh, in that um, Iron Man suit, go up there and say hi to him. You know, find out what he's up to. Um, make friends. This is, the, you know, one of the few times of the whole year where people of our ilk can, you know, crawl out of our basements, uh, turn off their Internet, and come out and 
interact with each other that like the same things as you do. So get on out there and make some friends, damn it. Yeah, this yeah. is... This is this is the carnival for the uh, pasty and pudgy. <laughs> yeah, the gooey, as I like to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So uh, those are our, those are our tips for just kind of general, you know, comic, uh, you know, convention yeah. stuff. The and we're gonna have to keep it general because none of us here have actually been to WonderCon. I'm actually um, I'm gonna be there um, and uh, just looking forward to that and. Uh, what, I, what I wanted to, to uh, share was just kind of some of the things that I want to be looking forward to. Uh, part of every big con is, you know, what's exclusive? You know, what can you get at this convention that you can't get anywhere else? And no one knows more about exclusives than Slick McFavorite. What do you got for us, Slick? Yeah, um, so exclusives, they are, they are probably the highlight of most shows for me. Uh, you know, being a collector... Uh, that that's really the thing that I am going the most for, you know. Uh, and and the thing that I like the most about it is a lot of these exclusives are are just these weird, obscure things that you know wouldn't make it out in retail. You know, they're they're either repaints of existing figures or you know, um, a big thing that Mattel and Astro does is uh, very elaborate packaging for them. And and me being a uh, graphic designer by trade, I I really appreciate that as well. Uh, so and the crazy thing is is though, so you, everybody hears exclusives, exclusives, conventions. They kind of like go hand in hand. Um, at least toy-wise, something that's kind of interesting is not many conventions actually get exclusive action figures and stuff like that from these major manufacturers. Um, you see it much more, it's much more common with comic books, you know, having a variant cover or something like that. But Mattel, Hasbro, uh, uh, companies like that really only produce exclusives for very specific conventions, obviously, San Diego Comic Con is the largest one. I mean, I between those two companies, I probably drop a thousand dollars each year. Just those two companies. Um, but uh, uh, the uh, interesting thing is, is people tend to associate a convention with exclusives, and they. There really just isn't any, at least for action figures, the things that I'm kind of looking at. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, for those who don't know, Slick McFavorite is the uh, is the action figure toy specialist, and so, a, and a Top Gun pilot, from what I could hear. Oh yes, yeah. oh yes. Wind whipping through his hair. <laughs> but yeah, yes, he is. He he is the expert uh, here. Um, but because there's because there are not a lot of of toys um, here at this particular con, uh, you're going to have to rely on me to kind of tell you what to what to shop for. So I'm going to give you a real a real brief buyer's guide for WonderCon 2014. Uh, April 18th through 19th, Anaheim Convention Center. And for everyone out there, uh, at the at the taping of this uh, show, there are still Friday and Sunday tickets available. Mm-hmm. Try 
to get a to get a Comic Con ticket right now, and you're going to have to wait till next year. You you know, but you can actually still go online right now as of the taping of this show, and get yourself in on Friday and Sunday. Saturday is sold out, and the three day passes are sold out. But Friday and Sunday, those are usually the less crowded days anyway. So as the tickets will tell you. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Um, uh, WonderCon 2014 exclusives list. I want to invite everybody right now to go over to Fugitive Toys booth 1442. And I don't know if you guys um, have heard of these. I'm sure you have. They're everywhere right now. It's called the Pop Vinyl Figure. It kind of, I think it's it's oh, a yeah. it's a bobblehead, right? Slick. Yeah. I, well. Yeah. It's it's a bobblehead, but it doesn't bobble. Funko Funko also makes bobbleheads, but this is it's it's almost the exact same construction. They just haven't put the spring in it to make the head move. Yeah, and they are so cute. Just take take any of your characters out there from Star Wars, DC, Walking Dead. Uh, there's stuff for Anchorman. There. Uh, how many licenses is your estimation on what Pop Vinyl has? Oh, I mean, I would okay. say it's somewhere higher. <laughs> yeah, I would say close. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, upper 70s probably, and they add yeah, stuff I mean, all the time. Right. Like it, it's it's G.I. Joe, it's Transformers, it's NBA, NFL. I mean, it's it's basically any licensed property. They want their head literally on a pop vinyl figure, and they are the cutest things ever. They kind of look like like these black marble, you know, eyeballs, and he's got these big heads, and they're so cute. The Yoda figure is one of the cutest things I've ever seen. In my life. Um, well, what what are they doing? But at, yeah, uh, at so, the WonderCon this year. So over at uh, at uh, the Fugitive Toys booth, fourteen forty two, they are. It, this is uh, exclusive to WonderCon, and I think they selected this specifically for its color um, uh, uh, theme. They have a blue lantern flash pop vinyl, uh, regular and metallic. The uh, regular one is seventeen dollars. The the metallic one, it, and this thing, you know, this 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 kind of looks like a like a 56 Ford T-Bird, you know, blue coming at you. Um, and, that, and, and that one's $35. Uh, these things are excellent. Um, and um, a, a blue lantern flash, if that doesn't make any sense to you guys, there was a big crossover event in uh, DC Comics a few years back. And the flash, the real fast guy who wears red, is wearing a... Uh, a blue lantern ring from the Green Lantern characters, and that's why he's dressed as a blue Green Lantern, and it's just an awesome-looking figure. You guys should check that out. Um, I do want to go over some of the um, uh, exclusive comic covers that are uh, that are out there right right now. Um, the the uh, Dark Horse Comics, um, as you know, well, as you may not know, they are they're the guys that have had Star Wars for years. Um, they've had, um, and they are also still the publishers for some of the Joss Whedon um, family. So that includes Serenity, and it also includes Angel and Faith and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And both Angel and Faith and Buffy the Vampire Slayer both have collectible, exclusive variant covers of their comics um, that they're going to be selling at the Dark Horse booth. The Dark Horse booth is going to be number uh, booth number 519 
The exclusive Angel and Faith is only five bucks. The Buffy the Vampire Slayer is only five bucks. They also have one. It's a Little Hellboy uh, and The Last of Us. But I think the big sellers are definitely going to be those Joss Whedon properties. Um, and if you guys are at the convention, I believe it's on Saturday. I'll get that date right, and I'll post it on the site, MattyPRadio.com. But the younger brother of Josh Whedon, um, his name is um, Zach Whedon. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. He is actually going to be there um, signing, and he's going to be signing um, c- um, comics of his comic, Serenity. Yes, Serenity lives on. It's in comic book form. This is the official adaptation right after the Serenity movie. They get into, you know, uh, Wash and uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, which one? Wash's wife. Oh, Zoe. Zoe, yeah. Zoe's, Zoe's pregnant, you know, like, think, you know. This is where the this is where the story's going. So there's going to be a little baby wash. Uh, but anyway, you can go up there. You can you can meet Zach Whedon if that's his real name um, uh, at the Dark Horse Comics booth number five one nine. And then finally, this is what um, we're all looking forward to. This one, uh, IDW Publishing is another comic publisher. They are they have continued the X Men I'm sorry <laughs> the X Files uh, and and they actually took it into season ten um, and that's the official continuation of the story. Yep. Forget that last movie that you didn't see, um, but this is the actual continuation of the series. Um, done and done. Done and done. But IDW is having exclusive editions of the the show. 24 with the number one comic, uh, and it's an exclusive variant cover. And it also they're also going to have, which is a which is a favorite of Slicks, Transformers Regeneration number 100 convention variant exclusive. It's only 10 bucks, Ooh, and that that's is a cool looking cover. Oh, this cover is awesome. This is at the IDW booth uh, 309. And let me just kind of ex- let me describe this cover for you. It's the Transformers logo in that blue to red kind of transfer that, that we all know and love. And it's Optimus Prime shooting Rodimus Prime right in the chest. It looks awesome. So, yeah, and if, if like. people don't know what generation, what regeneration is, is um, the Transformer comic, the original 80s Marvel comic, uh, ran for 80 issues here in the United States, at least. The U.K. had a lot more. And and it kind of got cut off abruptly. And the writer of that, of the 80s comic, has always wanted to bring it back. So now that the license with, is with IDW, um, they gave him a chance at basically a set number. So they said, okay, you get... 20 more issues. So leading up to this regeneration 100, uh, you get 20 issues to finish the story you wanted to tell of Generation 1 Transformers. So, I mean, this is, it, it's not only a big milestone for, uh, for the current run, but it, it's a big milestone for anybody that grew up with those comics, that, you know, in the fandom, it's a, it's a big separation. There's some people that their their nostalgia is from the comics, and there's some people that their nostalgia is from the cartoon. Um, and so this is this is a big deal, and it, and the cover sounds absolutely amazing. 
Well, and for being a guest, uh, you have just won yourself a copy. I'll be sending that to you as soon as I return from WonderCon, Slick. Woohoo! Check that out. <laughs> we, we got wow, a I've... right here on the line. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, you, are, you are very, very welcome. <laughs> yeah, see? Everybody should be our guest. Yes, everyone should be our guest. And I, I have one more bit of um, Buyer's Guide news. Um, if you guys were to go on to the eBay, um, the the T-shirts for WonderCon and Comic-Con hold their value really well. And I know it's it's not about dollars and cents, but when else do T-shirts appreciate in value? Well, this one right now, the, the 2014 WonderCon official T-shirt has a very rocking, very powerful-looking Wonder Woman on it. It's a black T-shirt, Wonder Woman with, you know, you know, with the stars all over, she she looks great on this thing. So you guys can get that. Um, the official WonderCon, um, it's it's called the official WonderCon Anaheim 2014 T-shirt, and uh, just all kinds of sizes from little, tiny, small to I get this triple X large. I cannot wait to meet the guy who is going to wear that. I guarantee you yeah. will hey. meet him at WonderCon. <laughs> yeah. That's hey, that's one. what I wear. I'm not. I'm you not a huge X? guy, but yeah, that's. I like my shirt saggy. That's like that's dating all the way back to my uh, skateboarder and graffiti art days. <laughs> yeah. Yes. For those who don't know, Slick McFavorite, big time b-boy. Yep. Yep. That's right. <laughs> um, so so yeah, you know, and I think this kind of leads us into um, attending. A convention and kind of the crazy things that can kind of happen to you, right? You're going to meet these, you're going to meet strange-looking people, funny people, yep. odd people, and they and they might not necessarily work there. They're no. just like you. Yeah, they're there for that. Exactly. Uh, but you also meet incredibly attractive people. Yeah. Like our next guest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you've never been to a convention, a uh, comic convention, there are a lot of celebrities who just sit at tables. And lines form, and uh, you get their autograph. Yeah. You know, you pay a couple of bucks, they make some money, you get a picture and a signed headshot. Uh, and we talked to uh, Miss Jackie Holland recently, uh, actress, writer, producer, director. Bombshell. Uh, uh, Drop dead, gorgeous blonde. She's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. She she had uh, she had a funny little story about not WonderCon. She hasn't been to WonderCon. No. She's on like the, the rest she's on the East Coast mostly. But uh, yeah, she was in a at a New York con of some kind. Here, why don't I let her tell us? Meanwhile, are you a con person as someone in the uh, a connoisseur? I think I was. <laughs> to be honest, I think I was shooting another movie. I was working on like a Thor film at the time, so I. I didn't go, but um, yeah, I I've gotten to a few of them. I've been to like Super Mega Fest in Boston uh, this past year, and I'm starting I'm starting to do more of them now as as the more of these movies come out. So I I definitely think they're a good thing. Oh, all right, all right. That sounds like a professionally diplomatic. <laughs> I get the impression maybe you don't think they're a good thing. What was your experience like at uh, Super Mega Fest Con? Uh, it, I mean, it was actually really, it was good. It, it was, I was, I was at a table and I was, um, signing autographs and, uh, I got really lucky because, um, the two girls that were next to me had extremely large breasts. Like, I'm, I'm talking like, like Jay. So, um, 
Our table is J's. Hold well, on, wait. There's yeah. there's actually a J level. <laughs> yeah, I, I jotted I that down. So. <laughs> I need a point of reference. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Okay, so there were two large-breasted women on both sides of you. Go ahead. Well, yeah, they were they were at my table, so it was kind of like um, the table was getting a lot of attention. So you know, people are kind of going down the table and like, oh, I'll buy your headshot and yours and yours. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone knew. You know, like there's a few fans that came in with like their ginger dead man, uh, you know, posters or whatever for you know for me. But like maybe I think I just was getting the aftermath of like the J tits. But I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's actually a very prevalent theme at any comic con. Is there's there's always just yeah there's there's gorgeous women and breasts just kind of everywhere around there. Yeah. <laughs> There's, which is weird because there's also a, a large segment, I think, at these cons of uh, women who usually feel very self-conscious. And they kind of assume that Comic-Cons or guys can just come right out and be nerds. They have that same kind of freedom. Uh, and I bet you didn't get a lot of them at your table, though. Oh, they may not have seen no, that. <laughs> yeah, they were, I didn't really see too much of that, but it was cool. There was, like, a yep. super Tron thing that was, like, 10 feet tall walking around. It was, it was a good experience. Got well, to hang out with Ron Jeremy. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. I, now, what, <laughs> maybe I, I need to look up more about Super Megacon. Maybe it's not the convention I'm thinking of. Yeah. Maybe it's one I want it's, to go to next year. <laughs> well, Ah, the lovely Jackie Holland. Oh my God! And um, her her voice is so super hot and cute. Mm. And then you see a picture of her, and then she tells that story. So this is going to give us a good opportunity to talk about uh, the autograph area. Um, any decent con has an autograph area, and for many of us in this world, this is going to be the closest we'll ever get to movie stars. Uh, authors, famous people, and at these at these at these cons, uh, you just get a whole array of of uh, different personalities, different levels. As uh, soon as my iPad comes up again, I will tell you guys all about it. Um, but there are some stalwarts. Is, is that the right word? Yeah, yeah they're, they're there all. They're there all the time. They're institutions. Exactly. Of the autograph world. Yes, and so it's going to involve many people from Battlestar Galactica's future and well, past and past, yeah. past and not so. Much. Um, and it, it's it's all it's obviously going to going to have Uferegno. Um, if you if you guys get a chance to actually go up and talk to this guy, take that opportunity. Go meet Luferegno. He's incredibly large and scary, as you would imagine, yep. but he is a sweetheart. So um, go and say hi to Luferegno. He'll he will be in the in the um, autograph area, and he, you know he's yeah. usually you know at some of the booths and stuff too. He likes to sign those uh, autographs. Twenty bucks, maybe thirty. You get a picture with him worth every penny and you and you you keep the hulk alive yeah well, and he, he actually message, yeah. and this is a i've met him many 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 times this is a inside tip when he's not looking go up behind him just grab him in like a headlock oh, just like rub his hair that. oh he loves, just, yeah. he loves that uh, uh yeah yeah tell him that's a gift from slick mcfavorite he'll see you next time <laughs> 
your toys. Check it out. Yeah, I was going to say, don't forget to drop my web address. Let's make sure I perfect. <laughs> Open your toys, motherfucker. <laughs> Who's angry now, you little bitch? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, okay, okay. So, um, from my memory, the guys on the autograph list that I was really excited to see were um, Richard Hatch. Okay. Oh, yeah, so right. from both from iterations both. of Battlestar. If, if you like Battlestar Galactica, nobody knows more about it than Richard Hatch. I guarantee you. He was on both of the series. Mm-hmm. He, was, he played Apollo. The, yeah, he played Apollo in, in the, original. the original. And then he played the, the, um, the terrorist. Um, the, uh, the, the housemaid. Oh, well, the, the terrorist. Jeez, uh, uh, I'm totally spacing uh, the name. The politician Tom something. I Tom think. Kagan. Sounds good. Sounds no, like that. no, that was no. That's Vito Corleone's. Uh, oh Consigliere. yeah. <laughs> We're screwing this up. Uh, okay. Um, anyway, um, Cohagen was from Total Recall, so we're getting closer. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that, all right. So Richard Hatch is going to be there. Go up and talk to him. And yes, you know, if you got an extra twenty. Please buy a uh, autograph from him. It's worth it, though, guys. He's a good-looking son of a bitch. Um, but no, he knows an awful lot about Battlestar, um, and it's not just about you know, um, you know what suit the guy wore on what episode or anything like that. But like we're talking, you know, deep character, psychological development, and things like that. I have had conversations with him, and he is responsible for two of my, you know, top ten greatest. Comic Con events ever was talking to him and just learning about uh, Battlestar and the characters and kind of the story behind that. So uh, check out the autograph area. Um, don't forget that uh, you know Lou Ferrigno, Richard Hatch. The other one that was really interesting, and um, I was always wondering what happened to her. Uh, it's the original. I think her name on the movie was Jennifer. The original girlfriend on Back to the Future before she was replaced by Elizabeth Shue. Uh, oh, I think her name was Jennifer on, uh, on the movie. Um, right, yeah. But yeah, she's actually going to be there, and I wish I could pull up her name, but my iPad's not working. Uh, but no, she is going to be there. Um, definitely had a huge crush on that one when I was a kid. Uh, I don't see why they replaced her. I don't. You know, Elizabeth Shue didn't really say much in the second movie anyway. Yeah, yeah and I just woke her up on the porch. Yeah, it's, it was yeah. really not much there. So yeah, um, uh, check check that out. It's in the auto, it's in the uh, autograph area. And then um, finally, let me just go over some of the guests that are scheduled to. Okay. Well, while we're dealing with this uh, technical problem, uh, it occurs to me something else <clears throat> intrinsically important when it comes to the con experience is time management. So it is oh, it's yeah. good to get stuff like it, to know what interview or, you know, what uh, autographs are going to be going on so that you are not wasting half your day standing in the wrong line or finding out later that you could have been getting this autograph instead of this one that you kind of wanted. A good thing with that, too, is uh, knowing uh, or, or trying to grasp the comprehension of uh, the popularity of the person that you're trying to get an autograph from, you know, mm-hmm. because you may be able to walk up to Joe Blow Extra and, and get one right there, whereas Mark Hamill, you're going to wait in line for three or four hours yeah. kind of thing. And it's going to be expensive. And, and you know, like, yeah. um, 
one of the things that I, and I, I was trying to say this earlier, but you should, it's, if you're, if you can strike any kind of conversation, if you have that kind of tool, <laughs> you should not just go up, give them your 20 bucks or whatever, and get the autograph and kind of move on. You know, like, they do have to talk to you for a second. So take advantage of it. Ask them a question about being on the set. Ask them about, you know, um, one of the best convos that, that I ever had was with, um, I forget the guy's name, but he actually played, he was the general in the first Star Wars movie who gets choked by Darth Vader. Right. And this guy just, you know, he, he had this story about filming that and, you know, that he could make like his neck twitch. And George Lucas was like, oh, yeah, you should do that. You know, stuff like that was kind of happening. And it's just great to hear these stories from the guys that were there. And, you know, it's these guys that, you know, nobody really asked them many times about this except for this for this weekend. And they're excited about telling you they're excited about talking about it. Um, and if they're not excited, you know, screw them. Give your 20 bucks to somebody else. This guy's an ass. But most of them are going to be really, really, really cool. The other, the other thing that I kind of wanted to kind of give you guys a little bit of a uh, heads up are what are the exhibits that are uh, going to be around? Um, definitely stop at IDW. That's the comic booth. Uh, stop at Dark Horse. Um, IDW is at 309. Um, Dark Horse, I have it written down here somewhere. I'll come back to that. Oh, yeah, it's uh, booth number 519. Um, you're going to get those exclusives that we told you about earlier, um, plus a whole bunch of other cool stuff. And they have autograph signings. And if you catch some of these um, artists, you know, the guys that are drawing these uh, comic books, um, they will, you know, a lot of times they will draw you a character that they're famous for. Um, I have one, I, I want to say that it was Jim Lee that did it. I don't remember exactly, but yeah, he actually drew me a little Superman, you know, like on a piece of white paper that I still have, and it's, it's, it's awesome. So, yeah, especially if you're going with kids or something. Yeah. And they get to see a comic book artist draw that oh, comic book right in front of them and hand it to them. It, uh, yeah, it's totally the best. Um, of course, dad points there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, check out uh, Fox Home Entertainment. That's number 1468. They're you know, obviously going to be talking about The Simpsons, Family Guy, things like that. They also release a lot of movies. Last year, they had a big Predator thing going on at Comic-Con that I remember. So Fox Home Entertainment is sure to be a hit. Um, and um, for oh, check out the Nerdist channel. Uh, it's booth 1410. Um, and this is a inside tip. I I buy shirts from from this website every year for May the fifth. No, May the fourth be with you. <laughs> so May the fourth be with you is a national holiday where we all celebrate the original day of release of Star Wars, May fourth. And it actually was the release of the Phantom Menace, I believe. But May fourth every year, if you go on any of the retailers for Star Wars, a lot of them have sales. Um, there's a T-shirt company called We Love Fine, F-I-N-E, We Love Fine, uh, welovefine.com. They have the coolest, sweetest, high-quality shirts. I have probably, I'm not kidding, 15 different Star Wars shirts from them alone. And these are, like, authentic design. Some of them are throwbacks. Like, there's, there's one I got that's... Um, it was a shirt from one of the crew members from the 19, you know, from the 1976 shoot uh, that they recreated to be able to sell. It's it's one of the best. I, every time I wear it, I get all the compliments on it. A lot of style, a lot of class. We love fine. That's booth number 1201. And um, I oh, I, there's something. This is really important. Um, 
every year at Comic-Con, there was the Robert Hinlin Blood Drive. Robert Hinlin was a, is an author, science fiction. Yeah, Robert Heinlein, Starship Troopers, Stranger yeah. in a Strange Land. I, I read that. That's a good one. Yeah. I doubt you did. <laughs> Stranger in a Strange Land is one of the best stories ever written. I don't care what you say. Um, so, uh, but no, there uh, he is, you know, in his honor, they sponsor a blood drive at Comic-Con, but it's also going on at WonderCon. Uh, this was one of my best traditions that I used to do every year. I've been to like 14 different Comic-Cons. And I used to, every year I used to donate blood. Um, I actually can't do it anymore. I'm they forbidden kept from kept catching fire. Yeah. They said, yeah. Mr. Mark, please stop. It's, stop, it's, stop with his blood. Needle sparks the alcohol in my blood, and it just starts on fire. Uh, but no, actually, yeah, it's it's the hair growth pills. It, it kills you. I'm serious. Yeah, yeah it's sad. But I do have hair. Um, okay, the worth um, every penny. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the other thing that I kind of wanted to point out here too was um, there is a fan table section. All the in the section where the numbers are led by an F. For fan, those are the fan booths, the fan areas. These are the best areas. If you are a real diehard fan of many of these properties, you should go into the fan booth area. Here are some of my favorites that I'll be sure to check out. The California Browncoats, they're the guys that are... Uh, they're the Serenity. Serenity crew, and the right? Firefly yep. crew. These guys, these, this is the group that's responsible for the Serenity movie and for keeping that thing alive. And for probably Joss Whedon doing the Avengers, mm-hmm. I mean, this is all connected to these guys. The war just never ended it for them. It never did. Mm-hmm. No, they just carry with them. So it's the California Browncoats. That's number 1286. I don't know why it doesn't have an F in front of it. Maybe it should. Um, the um, uh, Cape and Cow collection looks pretty cool. Um, let me see here. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, here it is. Battlestar. This is the Battlestar Galactica group. That's F04. The Browncoats are, yep, 1286. The 501st Legion, those are the Star Wars guys. These guys have two booths. It's such a large collection. 1187, 1287. This is absolutely the best place for for families to take their kids to get pictures taken with Star Wars characters. These guys live and breathe, dressing up as Star Wars, acting the bit. They'll even pretend they're arresting you, yep. you know, whatever. If, if you need a profile pic for Facebook where you're, where you're kissing a stormtrooper on the cheek, <laughs> yep. head over to the 501st. Got they it. love they, stuff like that. They are, they are incredible. They do giveaways and stuff, too, so definitely check out the 501st booth. It's, it's um, a great community. They do a lot of philanthropic work, uh, a lot of charity. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll go to yeah. hospitals and try to make the kids feel better and stuff yeah, like that, too. Yeah, they, they support a lot for the community, so when you get a chance as a community, go support them. Exactly, buy, exactly. Buy a sticker or a pin or something with a 501st. On. Right. Um, Show your allegiance, you turncoat. You turncoat. No, it's, you can't. You, we can't get that hard on them. It's okay. Um, uh, and then finally, um, and this is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, if you guys remember, it was a short-lived show, Jericho. Um, these guys have a fan base. These are the people that they had canceled Jericho after the first season, and it was a big cliffhanger. Um, these guys started, and it's a it's a uh, inside joke within the series, but. They basically created this campaign where thousands of people started to send, I think it was, it was NBC. Was it peanuts? Yeah, it was Peanuts. Peanuts to NBC. Yep. Yeah, there was Peanuts was. to NBC, and we, and we got, I'm going to say we because I, I watched it, although I did not send any nuts. Um, I hang on to my nuts. <laughs> but um, but this is, this is, this is the, the group that organized that campaign. 
created a second season of Jericho, which it, it is fantastic. Um, I love the the second season is better than the first one. It's it's really great. You can really tell where the story was trying to to go. It 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 caps it off enough, but it also leaves it open. And now there's season three comic has been out for a while. Season four comic has is now being released now. And there's rumors right now, and it looks like it's going to happen. But Netflix is going to get the next season of Jericho. It's not confirmed, but there's been a lot of talk about that happening too. Well, it's been going on for a while, but well, that, that's all due to the what, what's the name of this group? This is this, all. They are only called Jericho, Kansas, um, and that's at F 6 These ladies that run this booth, they're friends of mine. Take good care of them. Uh, you know, bring them a coffee or something. They are so nice. Uh, just nothing but love for them. So go and check out those fan tables. And before I forget, there is one other thing, and this is a big, big tip for you guys out there. Uh, it's not all about the big, colorful booths, although there is a DC comic booth, which is going to be sweet. I'm, I'm pretty sure of it. Um, but what you want to check out, too, is check out those little booths. <laughs> uh, Hollywood Museum. It's the Hollywood Sci-Fi Museum. That's number 1253. Those guys um, have actual like um, items from movies and television, and it's on display, but you can buy it. And so, you know, I saw the actual Jorel uh, from you know, Marlon Brando Jorel yeah. thing. It's probably I think it was like I don't know twenty thousand dollars or whatever, but it's it's but it's so cool to look at, and they have just all kinds of things, and they're. Uh, I'm expecting that they're going to have some stars there signing some autographs. And then check out the Jack Kirby Museum. That one looks cool. That's booth 24. Jack Kirby, um, he's a legend in the comic world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we all, I'm, not, I'm not even going to tell you don't, who he yeah. is. Yeah, don't, don't, you, you better know who he is. Yeah. yeah, if you've got to explain it, they don't deserve they to don't know. They don't deserve to know. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know speaking of which, uh, we, uh, we sat down the other day. We talked to uh, Dan Jolly. Uh, a comic book artist in, in his own right. Uh-huh. Yeah, pretty big guy. Um, we uh, we asked him about conventions. Let's listen to him while we check and make sure that uh, Slick McFavorite is still on the road in the lonely back country of Texas. Are you are you still there, Slick? I'm still here. I haven't been abducted by an inbred family of uh, slaughterhouse workers yet. <laughs> yeah, see, I, because we already established there's a signal. You would tell us if that happens, <laughs> and I hadn't heard bird whistle yet, so I felt good. Anyway, uh, why don't you listen to what uh, what our friend Dan Jolly had to say about the convention? Meanwhile, since since we're talking about cons here, mm-hmm. I imagine you're a veteran. Yeah, I've been to quite a few. I mean, especially they started out as just specific, or at least the San Diego Comic-Con, the big one, the mothership, started out as a comic book strictly convention. Mm-hmm. When did you start going? Let's see. My first trip out there was around 98 or 99. See, that's going and, way back. And uh, I, I was there every year for about seven or eight years. And um, I had a, a sort of a parting of the ways with DC Comics in 2005. And after that, I, my, my attendance kind of fell off at Comic-Con. But looking at it now, like, it's not even the same thing it was when I was going there. Um, I mean, it's, you know, you, you said that it, it was at first about comics. And now it's, it's more about Hollywood than anything else. 
Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, there well, are, they bring the most money. Yeah. Yeah, there are still comic book people there, but you know you're uh, you're a whole lot more likely to get the big uh, lines waiting to get in to see the cast of Game of Thrones uh, as opposed to the creators of X Men. I mean, the comic you... book X Men, not not the movies. Right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. These days, you actually have to draw that line. Would you consider going like as a fan at Again, this point? Right. Um, not as much. Uh, typically, if I go to a con, it's it's because I am going to have some sort of professional presence there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I you know I'm a huge nerd myself, and I'm a huge fan of tons and tons of uh, comics and sci-fi movies and TV shows and whatnot. But um, like when you become a, a professional creator you can't help but just sort of see conventions differently. Like, it's, it's really not a fan experience for, for us uh, at that point. It becomes more of a networking kind of um, business expansion sort of opportunity. I mean, I, I know that probably sounds a little cynical, but, you know, it's, uh, especially like you get people like, um, for instance, Jenny Breeden, is, uh, she's a woman who does a webcomic called The Devil's Panties. And um, she's at, like, every convention. She is at a convention every single weekend. And there is a convention to be, to be attended every weekend somewhere. Yeah. And uh-huh. she goes and sets up and, and, you know, meets the fans, sells copies of, of uh, the printed versions of the comic and T-shirts and such. And that's, like, her job. Um, so, you know, if you do have, uh, like, a career doing comics, the conventions are, are more of a business thing than a fan thing. Yeah, yeah, going on tour, it sounds like. Yeah, 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 very much. Is, is there ever, like, a, a certain part of it that's just like a club med, you know, kind of let's go out there and party and hang out with our friends that we see once a year? Is there that kind of, you know, atmosphere? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, every, uh, every night of the show, the, the show ends and all the, the creators – uh, go back to their rooms to freshen up, and then you 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 can find most of them at the bar. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's my and, uh, yeah, and it's it is just a huge social thing because you know we're exposed to each other so much um, through communicating with the editors and now social media. You know, when I got started, there there was no internet, much less social media. Uh, but now, you know, you get all these people following each other on Twitter and such. And, and then the conventions, you actually finally get to see them face-to-face. And, uh, and it is a huge social occasion, and, you know, you just want to hang out with all these people whose work you admire, you know, mm-hmm. who may or may not have said nice things about your work, um, and just, you know, <laughs> hear, hear war stories and goof off. Yeah. You, you make it sound like... Uh... Well, like I, I caught myself before I said it, but you make it sound like like a work convention, and I guess that's what it does start out as. Once you take the fan side out of that, you guys are all industry professionals. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a it's a uh, traveling circus basically with you know yeah, with all of you and, guys you know, as the players. Yeah, you, and, and you get to run into people that you maybe you haven't communicated with before, but whose work you've admired. And, uh, you know, strike up a conversation at the bar. And uh, you'd be surprised how many projects are born that way. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, a writer meets an artist that he, that he really likes and says, man, I'd love to do, uh, you know, uh, 
sci-fi story like a big space opera. Uh, you know, I think your style would be perfect for that. And the other guy says, well, hey, I've always wanted to do a space opera. Let's talk about it. And, you know, <laughs> the, the communication continues after the show's over, and a year or two later you've got a new project coming out. Everybody wants to be Bowie. Yeah. I think that's kind of what it takes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, um, you were uh, talking about you were talking about how the cons have just gotten big, and it's kind of losing yeah. the focus off of the off of the comic itself. Um, oh, yeah. What about a smaller one like you know that's coming up here in a few weeks? Uh, Wonder uh, WonderCon, which yeah, is, WonderCon. you know that's that's oh, obviously Lord, yeah. yeah that's like the next big thing coming out now. Have you been to that one in the in the past? Have you ever stepped uh, foot in a uh, WonderCon? No, I have always wanted to go to WonderCon because uh, a lot of the the industry professionals that I know go to that every year. Uh, but I haven't made it out there yet. Um, from the reports from your you know colleagues and stuff, um, is it? And I actually have never gone. I'm looking forward to going here. Um, and uh, is it what Comic Con was? You know, if you can. Uh, talk about what you're, you know, maybe what you have heard. You know, I know that you haven't been there, but I, I, I kind of have a vision of it being what Comic Con used to be. You know, a little bit smaller, a little bit more intimate. Uh, is that your Im, your impression of it? Yeah, yeah, that is that is the impression I get. Um, it hasn't quite been co-opted quite so much by the the film and TV industries. Um, like at at San Diego and. Uh, like most of the t- most of the professionals you talk to, they don't actually call it Comic Con. They just say San Diego. Are you going to okay. San Diego this year? Uh-huh. Um, and um, like I've heard people who have just been there in the last year or two, talking about how um, the section of the show floor that is devoted to comic creators—that's always called Artists Alley. Yeah. Uh, and you just get row after row of, of tables of comic artists and comic writers, and they set up there, and you go and talk to them, and like you can get sketches from the artists, and you know maybe buy some books and get them signed uh, by various people. That section of San Diego is getting smaller and smaller, and just kind of pushed off into the corner. That's totally being de-emphasized, and I but, don't think that I don't think WonderCon has that is, is suffering from that, at least it, not yet. It, it's, it's actually worse than that because they actually put them all in the corner where there's no carpet. So you, it's like you're walking into a freezer as soon as you get over there. Um, but you know, it, it actually is the, it's the kind of the one place on, on the whole comic floor, on the whole con floor, um, where you do kind of have a little bit more room and you do kind of get to interact with some of these artists and stuff. So um, yeah, even though it's such a big part exactly, of it. Exactly. And even though it's kind of taking the back seat a little bit for everybody going to Comic-Con this year or, or any of the conventions that are uh, going on near in the city near you, check out the artist alleys. You know, um, it's, there's a lot of good finds there and, uh, you know, just there's a gem or two of um, experiences. And, and you've got to hope well, yeah, there's always at least going to be an artist corner at Comic-Con. Right, there usually is. And, you know, the whole story I was telling about how I asked a girl out and she introduced me to the comic artists, and that was my mm-hmm. introduction to the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I, I've told that story a couple of times and uh, had people say, oh, well, so you hit the lottery. Um, but you don't have to. You don't have to just have random chance like that because of conventions. Because, you know, if you're, uh, you know, from my perspective, if you're a writer and you need an artist to work with, 
go to conventions, talk to the artists. There are going to be artists there who are looking for writers and who want to collaborate. That's a, a yeah. perfect place to strike up professional relationships. And in a way, the, the bigger San Diego gets, the more you know, people even at that base level you know, just the individual artists and writers and idea people are also going. So as much as it's being crowded out by Hollywood, it's also got a real gravity, I'm thinking, for everyone else in the industry. Yeah, and all of the biggest announcements and stuff uh, in the comics industry get made at San Diego. You know, there's a reason why the Eisner Award Ceremony is held there. Um, it's, it's still the, the preeminent event in the comics industry. It's just that Hollywood... Uh, is a lot bigger than the comics industry. So, uh, you know, it, it used to be that, uh, you know, like, you'd have uh, the creators of uh, a really successful comic book, you know, one of the Batman titles, and you'd have people lining up to get in to see them. And uh, now it's just you have people lining up all the way across the floor, out the door, and around mm -hmm. the building, and I'm not even joking about that, to see the cast of Twilight. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, yeah, they're they're actually camping out, you know, like there's yeah. there's tents and stuff like that mm -hmm. there. I uh, remember the lady got hit in the street. A lady the got line killed. Went yeah. all the way outside the convention center into the street out front for that twilight thing. Yeah, she was basically standing on the street and a car hit her. So yes, yeah, you gotta you know you gotta be careful yeah. when you're out there. Producing. Yeah, that was a that was a, a, a segment from Dan Jolly. Yeah, Dan Jolly, a, a comic book artist writer that uh, that we talked to uh, recently. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked to him for quite a while. That was just uh, when we were touching on cons. But uh, you you will not see Mr. Jolly at WonderCon this year. No, uh, and and he's sorry about that. He does want to go, but he's unable. Uh, but uh, but you can catch him on our on our show. Mm -hmm. That's right. You can catch him uh, on Saturday morning serial. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll be airing much more of his interview uh, very soon. Uh, in, but we wanted to give you a little taste of that. I mean, obviously he he knows cons. He knows what he's doing. He had uh, some good advice there. It is a great opportunity to network if you are in the business or if you want to be in the business. And you can take it from him. He gets a lot of work. He gets a lot of work doing this. We, we actually um, we asked him to uh, come on the show just to talk about his latest, and he just did a. It's called Terminator: Enemy of My Enemy. Uh, this and it is a fantastic comic. Uh, we will get more into that, um, you know, on our next show uh, when we talk to Dan Jolly in full, in complete, in Technicolor. Oh yeah, it'll blow your yeah. damn socks off. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's just let's bring this back to WonderCon specifically. Yeah, um, I think we've talked about uh, you've given people who might be able to go to WonderCon right. uh, in, in Anaheim some idea of what they can find. Exactly. You've told them a little bit about, you know, if they're going to manage their time, what's going to be worth it. But I haven't heard what you're going to do, Marky. Yeah, yes, well. Your inaugural trip. What's yeah, your plan? Well, the thing is, okay. Uh, I'm going to definitely take a day of just kind of getting a layout. You know, I like to know where the entrances are, where the back entrances are. You know, like I like to kind of know 
you know, the ins and outs of the convention center, you know, proper, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you all go on, um, I, I had actually, I thought this was a this was a great thing. I was going to put something like this on our on our site, but these guys were so good about putting one um, already on there. They, there is, if you go on to, um, for those of you that don't know, WonderCon is like a little brother or little sister to um, Comic-Con. It's the same organization. And um, uh, they actually are, um, they have on, their information blog is called the, the Toucan blog, you know, like the bird. Yeah, yeah. Toucan. Yeah. yeah, a Toucan. And there is a really cool section on there, um, as soon as I can pull it up, uh, that basically goes over, like, tips of, you know, going to WonderCon, which translate into Comic-Con. One of them that I saw that's worth pointing out was, if you want to get from, let's say, Hall A to Hall E, don't go through the convention floor. Just step outside into the hall and go that way. It's a lot easier to maneuver. There's a lot less people, a lot less things in the way. Now, you're not going to see everything because it's on the inside, but anyway, you get to get there a lot quicker. So um, I like to find out where all those little paths are and things like that, and that's really what I'm you know what I'm going to do, like on that first day. So okay, you're you're, you're going to get a lay of the land. First yes, before you do anything else. That's what I'm going to do on Friday. I'm going to leave a very loose schedule. Going to kind of check out what's going on. Come Sunday, I'm sorry. Come Friday, no Saturday, nay, for, uh, Saturday. Saturday. On Saturday, that's going to be the day where I'm going to attend some of the some of the better panels. And also, I get to attend some of the press rooms, which is just kind of a benefit of being part of the press pool. The press panel is just a smaller version of the uh, of the um, normal panel. There's a press roundtable kind of set up, um, or it could be like a press line where we all like all the all the panelists come and sit on the table, and it's very intimate, and we get to kind of ask questions. Of, you know, and there's a little bit more of a back and forth. But there's not like an official kind of presentation. It's just kind of asking questions and stuff. The panel is where all the trailers are shown and, you know, where you get the sneak peeks and you get, you know, there's a lot more fun in the panels, which I have to wait in line just like everybody else. Um, Sure to be one of the better panels uh, is going to be the TNT panel. Um, Is that the uh, wrestling panel? No, TNT. Explosive? TNT, we know drama. You know, oh, the, oh that's the TNT the, network. It's the okay. channel, right, 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 right. Um, and so, yeah, this is going to be on Saturday. TNT, as you guys may know, has have really gotten into that original pro- programming. Uh, they used to just show the, the reruns of mostly Law & Order, from my memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, a lot of that. that's where they first learned their drama. But they right. know it now. They know it well now. And so TNT is bringing you uh, Falling Skies, a personal favorite of mine, Legends, and The Last Ship. It's all coming to WonderCon. TNT bringing three of its action-packed summer series to WonderCon Anaheim on Saturday, April 19th. TNT's hit drama Falling Skies will return to WonderCon for the second time with, get this, guys, Moon Bloodgood. She is... That exotic beauty from Terminator Salvation and other uh, shows, Sarah Carter, um, I remember her, uh, she was in that show Undeclared for a little bit, she gorgeous, gorgeous girl, um, and she's in, she was in Final Destination 2, but she's a main character in Falling Skies, uh, Seychelle Gabrielle, 
Um, you guys uh, have seen her around. You guys have seen her. She's she's been around a lot. And actually, a friend of the show, Doug Jones, um, he's the man behind the mask, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything from um, Mac Tonight to Pan Lambert, Sapien to Pam. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. This guy has been um, Doug. Doug Jones is the guy behind the mask in many of the movies and shows that we have been watching for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Um, he's this incredible guy. We actually had a chance to interview him last year, um, and we just had a really good time with him. I'm going to try to catch up with him again. Uh, I'd like to meet him in person. But, yeah, Doug Jones is going to be there. Oh, he was the Silver Surfer in the last uh, yeah, true. Silver Surfer. Yep, yep. Um, so uh, they're obviously going to be talking about Falling Skies and their new season. Um, Falling Skies, uh, as you guys know, is kind of it's the alien invasion story. Uh, it kind of takes place right after the aliens kind of take over, and there's a band of, you know, well, there's, there's several of them, but they're all kind of scattered. But they're survivors, and they're human, and... You know, aliens just don't seem to understand until it's too late that you just can't, you know, we don't, we don't lay down, damn it, you know. So uh, nope. they have to reckon with. Um, Not on my earth. <laughs> Not on my earth, you know, that's why. I, so um, we, uh, last year we actually even interviewed Connor Jessup, who is another star of that particular show. He is the young gun that's in that, he's, I think he's going to be a big star. So looking forward to catching up with him. Um, the Falling Skies Season 4 premiere is going to be Sunday, June 22nd at 10 p.m. I cannot wait. It stars, it's produced by Steven Spielberg. Uh, Noah Weil, he's the guy from uh, ER. No, Great yeah. Anatomy. ER. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. from ER. The um, Librarian. I think some people might remember that show. That's coming back later, but okay. um, I digress. And he, yeah, he plays Tom Mason, a college professor who became an unlikely resistance leader. Moon Bloodgood is Dr. Ann Glass and his love interest. And then she has a kind of a suspicious pregnancy going on right now. That's where the last season left off. Looking forward to seeing where that goes. It wasn't me. <laughs> Stop looking at me when you say that every time. I'm sure it wasn't. So uh, anyway, you guys, you guys got to check that out. Um, also with the TNT panel is going to be, it's a new show called Legends. Uh, and the panelists of this one, get this, it's Sean Bean. Ooh, we that's big time. That's, that's big. big time. Uh, he's actually going to be attending the press panel, so I'm going to get a chance to meet with him. If anybody has a question that they want to ask Sean Bean, he's in Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings. He's Trevelyan in GoldenEye, you know, James Bond. He's, this guy's a James Bond villain. So I'm going to be you know, rubbing elbows with this guy. If anybody has any questions, you're welcome to send them to my Twitter feed, at StayClassySDCC, StayClassySDCC. If you have a question for Sean Bean, let me know what it is. I'll you know, be glad could to have could you ask him for me? Because I've only made about halfway through the first season of Game of Thrones. Does Ned Stark end up killing everyone? Uh, yeah, well, he... Just ask him for me. I, I don't care about this. I get the idea that he goes on to live a very long, happy life. Oh, I yeah. get that feeling, too. Yeah. He's a big um, star. And get this, too. Also in Legend is Allie Larder. She's in uh, Heroes. Oh, yeah. Yes, you the guys know her. Vivacious blonde Allie Larder. Vivacious does not do it justice. She's incredible. Uh, Morris Chestnut. Um, and executive produced by David Wilcox. Fringe. Let me just give you a quick breakdown of this. Screen Actors Guild Award winner Sean Bean, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, Stars in Legends, TNT's new suspense-filled drama based on winning book by master spy novelist Robert Little. Littell, sorry. Um, and you guys can check out all that stuff on the TNT website. And then, um, last but not least, The Last Ship. Well, I'm excited about that one. 
Uh, so I'm going to make a lot of y'all jealous too. So if you cannot go to the panel, which, you know, most of the listeners are not going to be able to go, uh, if, if you can't attend WonderCon, um, and if you can't attend the exclusive writer's room roundtable, then you are not going to have a chance to sit down with Adam Baldwin. He's going to be at this Ooh-hoo. table. Uh, does anybody know who that is? Anybody in the room? No, that's uh, that's another Serenity name. Yep, that yeah, he's he's in Firefly Serenity. Uh, he was also he played Animal Mother in Full Metal Jacket, which, yep. and he must have been fifteen. I mean, <laughs> that movie is old, and he hasn't aged a bit. Well, uh, he's he's kept it together well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, really looking forward to that. The last ship is this summer. Uh, TNT is going to take viewers on an action-packed ride with the exciting new drama series, The Last Shift, starring Eric Dane from Grey's Anatomy and executive produced by blockbuster filmmaker Michael Bay. He did The Transformers. Sorry about that. The Last Shift opens with a global global catastrophe that nearly decimates the world's population because of its positioning. The Navy destroyer USS Nathan James avoids falling victim to the devastating tragedy, and Captain Tom Chandler, that's Dane, and his crew are going to confront the reality of their new existence in a world where they may be among a few remaining survivors. Ah, this sounds good. Yeah, Adam I, saw him, uh, I saw him filming that uh, down at Fiesta Island oh, that was filmed last here. summer. Uh, with, uh, went down with a dog. Uh, uh, literally hundreds of extras, all dressed in tattered, uh, like post-apocalyptic clothes. That's just Fiesta uh, Island, I think. There, you would yeah. think that, except there was a craft services table people, so I could tell it was, uh, it was a real production. Not bags of cans. Yeah, it was. It was uh, they were bust in for this one, uh, but it it looked good. They they had a military helicopter, lots of booms. Uh, you guys can check the last ship panel is going to be from 3.30 to 4.30. That's on Saturday. Uh, again, guys, Adam Baldwin's going to be there. This is the guy from Firefly. He's a badass. Legends is going to be Saturday, April 19th from 1.15 to 2.15 p.m. And that's going to have Sean Bean, Trevelyan. We're talking Bond villain. Yeah, um, 006. He's 006. That's right. He's a 006. He's better than 007. He's, he's higher on the scale. Yeah, number. he's awesome. Uh, Falling Skies, guys, that's Saturday, April 19th from 9.30 to 10.30 a.m. That's going to be early. I'm going to catch it, though. I'm excited about that. I know you Moon, Moon Bloodgood, she is just gorgeous. She's all kinds of good. She's all kinds of good. And she's talented, and she's fantastic. Sarah Carter, can't get enough of that. Um, and then a friend of the show, Doug Jones, he's going to be there too. So looking forward to all that. Anything that I get from the press rooms, any recordings, any jokes, any laughs, or worse, we're going to bring to you on the Matty P Presents Saturday morning serial WonderCon wrap-up show. Exactly. So we're going to bring I'll be able to, uh, I will bring that all to you. If I don't have enough to put on a show, we'll just save it for the Comic-Con preview show. Show, show, show. show, uh, show. We'll just sit around and tell dirty jokes, jokes, jokes instead. So we are looking forward to this. Okay. Um, Saturday, April 19th at 12.45 p.m., 20th Century Fox WonderCon um, presentation is going to begin, and this is going to be in the arena. And for those of you unfamiliar with it, uh, the arena is to WonderCon what Hall H is to Comic-Con. And this, is, this is the big one. This, this is a huge room. This is the big room. Uh, so at 1245, 20th Century Fox is going to bring you Dawn of the Planet of the Apes with uh, Andy Serkis, Kerry Russell, Gary Oldman. I've heard of that guy. What's he? 
Uh, I think he he's just a, does uh, uh, he's uh, an up and comer. Commercials, so. Yeah, he does phone commercials. Uh, director Matt Reeves, um, X Men: Days of Future Past with the director himself, Brian Singer. Uh, to this day, I, I still say he did the best Superman movie of the last twenty five years, or th- whenever the hell Richard Donner did his. Mm-hmm. It's Richard Donner, it's Brian Singer, and then that crap fest we just saw. Um, anyway, um, How to Train Your Dragon Part Two with Jay. What's his name? Jay uh, Baruchel. Baruchel. Seth, Seth Rogen's writing part. Yeah, he's the skinny guy. Uh, a talented actor. I think he does the voice of the main character, uh, How to Train Your Dragon Part 2. And then The Maze Runner. This is kind of a new property. Um, Dylan O'Brien is going to be there. Director Wes Ball is going to be there. So check this one out, guys. Um, 1245 on Saturday. I'm so looking forward to this. Um, and those are the two panels that I'm really focusing on. We're going to do the, the, the TNT panel and the uh, 20th Century Fox panel. That's going to be another big one for us. Um, and I encourage all of you all to join us as best you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and those are going to be a couple of big ones. So, right. you know, as we were saying earlier with time management concerns, if you plan on doing the two biggest panels in the day, especially as, as you, Marky, you're also going to be doing press with them, yep. you might as well just say that's it. If there is some extra time, great. Yeah. But realistically, two big panels in one afternoon, that might be about all you can guarantee. Yourself. Yeah, and, you know, I'm going to be checking out a lot of the other ones and stuff like that. There is, there is one more worth pointing out. Um, this, is, uh, this is going to go back to just something that I really like to get from going to these conventions, and that is I like to get the insight. Mm-hmm. And I like to dive in deep into the characters that we love so much. Um, about a month ago, maybe two months ago, uh, Saturday Morning Serial brought you Legends of the Night, a film by Brett Culp that talks about not just what Batman is. We all know who he is. But it talks about what Batman means, uh, you know, to those of us that he inspires to do goods and to do good work and things like that. One of our guests on that show was Dr. Travis Langley. Yes, Dr. Travis Langley, PhD. PhD. He, He teaches a course... Uh, simply titled Batman, and it talks about the psychology of Batman and those villains that, you know, that kind of play a part in shaping Batman, not only Batman the character in the comics, but Batman as a, a cultural institution, you know, and kind of what he means to all of us. Uh, very, very smart guy. He's one of our favorite guests, um, you know, ever. Uh, on that same, uh, there is a wonderful panel coming up. Let me just pull it up here. Uh, but but uh, our friend of the show, Travis Langley, isn't actually going to be there. No, 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 no. I'm just bringing it up just to kind of give you an idea of what you're like hearing. There is a group called Broadcast Thought, and they are they are going to send forensic psychiatrists uh, and horror screenwriter uh, to peer inside the minds of iconic slasher film villains. That does sound fun. Yeah, I just, I just, I think it's going to be something that, uh, you know, you're going to love to just sit in this room. It's probably not going to be, I'm not insulting you guys, it's probably not going to be that crowded. This is a good thing, you know, we can go to this one, <laughs> you know, but this one goes into, actually, no, when I try to get into uh, Travis, Dr. Travis Langley's one year, I actually got blocked out. So, no, get your butt to this one. It's going to be great. Uh, it's going to have um, uh, broadcast thought, H. Eric Bender, M.D., Praveen R. Cambin, M.D., 
and I'm not even going to try to say that last name, MD, um, and they're going to return to WonderCon for another unprecedented panel on Saturday, April 19th from 7.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. in room 208. So this, is, this, this could be the last thing that we all see. Just going from experience, those late-night panels are usually not all that well attended, and that's a good thing, guys. You should really go check this out. They're going to really get into... Uh, what you know, they're going to try. They're going to get inside the minds of these slasher film villains. And a special guest on this panel is going to be Mark Swift, the co-writer of Friday the Thirteenth, uh, two thousand nine version, and Freddy vs. Jason, to kind of talk about you know his writing process and things like that. The panelists consider if Michael is simply a psychopathic stalker. Freddy merely a manipulative monster, and Jason just a killing machine? Or is there more to these slashers when we slice below the surface? Can we make sense of a vengeful boogeyman? Oh, it's because of these graphics. All right. Can we make sense of a vengeful boogeyman's sister obsession? Can we, can we, uh, could fire turn a sexually violent predator into a sadistic serial killer? Did mommy issues and bullying birth a brutish butcher? Who's the most dangerous killer? And which, if any, might be considered insane? Discover the answers to these and other questions and come take a stab at these iconic slashers. With any luck, we're going to get some of these panelists on our show coming up, maybe even for the recovery show slash recap show. Yeah, you, um, you, you hook them. You yeah, hook yeah, em. we're going to definitely try that. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Those are the three panels that I'm really focused on. I hope to have some good reporting from those things for you guys. Um, and I don't really know. Oh, we, I, I, I am going to take the misses on Sunday to go, but this is, you know, this is one of those things where if you're going to take your significant other, you know, I'm not going to drag her to all this stuff. We're going to we're going to go on her time, and we're going to watch what she wants to watch. We're just going to walk around. So I am going to go on Sunday, but it's going to be. I believe it's also Easter Sunday. Yes, it is. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to. You know, we're going to get a chance to kind of walk uh, walk around there, and it's right next door to Disneyland. Also, so for those of you that that can make it to the Disneyland area this weekend, there are plenty of tickets for Friday um, and Sunday. Uh, they're not that expensive. I think it's just $20, $20 or $25 for Friday, and it's $15 for Sunday. There is absolutely nothing else you can buy at Disneyland for less than $15. Nothing. Yep, that's true. So take that money, walk over there, check it out. It'll be well worth your time. You already paid $30 to park. Just walk on over there and check it out. I'm sure we'll have room for you. Yep, 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 I think so. Uh, get out there. Support Support pop culture, because without us, it goes away. <laughs> so, uh, play some Sarah McLaughlin for me. <laughs> and, uh, and also, uh, uh, Slick, I think. Uh, he's, uh, I, I think it goes yeah, back to what I'm you were saying. Here. <laughs> like, uh, like when you hold a convention in Orlando, it's right next to Epcot and Disney World and stuff, so it's an easier excuse to get the whole family out yeah. there. Doing it in Anaheim, it's the same thing. Smaller scale, West Coast, but and know, they know what they're doing with this WonderCon. They're going to oh, make yeah. it easy on you. I think so, too. I am expecting nothing but a wonderful experience. Uh, I cannot wait to check it out. I've been, I've been wanting to go for the last couple of years, but just you know, scheduling problems has, have prevented me. So this is an opportunity for, for me to go. I want to represent the Maddie P. I want to represent the Maddie P. Radio family well and, and bring home some good info, some sound bites, some tidbits. Uh, for all you guys, uh, maybe I'll take some pictures. Who knows? Uh, and I just wanted to kind of take the opportunity to thank 
the show host here, Grim Shea, for bringing this all together. Hey, no problem, guys. Thanks for joining me here. I want to thank Slick for getting on the phone with us. And Slick McFavorite, calling from the highways and byways of America. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been my pleasure. I, I'm glad I finally was able to come on one of my most favorite shows. Oh, bless you. And we have got to, we have got to make another appearance on uh, Open Your Toys. It has been a couple of years since we did a, a, a convention special with you, yep. and that's always so fun. In fact, well, uh, well, now, for the record, just so everyone knows, uh, Slick is married, and now he does have a child, so he can't he's he's not doing the convention grind like he used to be able to. Which ones are you going to this year? Um, well, I think JoeCon, you know, will be my only uh, only remote con I'm going to be able to make it to. Um, but we've got a small sci-fi one called Starfest in Denver. And then um, what started out as a pretty small um, and now has just ballooned is we have a Denver Comic Con now as well, the the first year was about uh, 12,000 people. Um, last year's was 60,000 people. Um, and they're, they're expecting about 80 this year. So that con has just blown up in, in two short years. Oh, yeah, it has. Is, is this under with the same family as uh, Comic-Con and WonderCon? No, no. This, is, uh, this, this one actually is really interesting there. It's part of... Um, it's part of an org, or it's put on by an organization called Comic Books in the Classroom, and oh. this organization uh, really tries to promote reading through comic books. And so they they just started it, and and, and I remember back in the day reading something about of why people can call their things Comic Con even though they're not affiliated uh, with people that do San Diego or WonderCon. But, yeah, it, I guess it's a generic enough term that no one could really trademark it because they're New York Comic-Con, which they aren't part of San Diego Comic-Con, and Philadelphia Comic-Con, Dallas Comic-Con. So it's just become a generic nerd, uh, generic nerd. Uh, generic term for these kind of shows. Well, that that makes. I mean, obviously, the the numbers in San Diego year to year are not suffering. They're going up just like all the others. So the fact that yeah. on the map you've got dozens and dozens of other cons and they're blowing up in the same way, this is obviously fulfilling a need or a desire for the public. Absolutely, exactly. Uh, and I wanted to remind everybody out there, you can catch uh, a catalog of um, some of our most recent Maddie P's Radio Happy Hours are available, uh, along with our Maddie P Presents Saturday Morning Serial, available on MaddiePRadio.com. There's a bunch of them available on demand. You've got to poke around on the, on the website a little bit, but I'm sure you can find them all. You can find me at Stay Classy SDCC. Um, you can find the radio show. Please follow us at Maddie P Radio Show. Um, and don't forget our friend Slick McFavorite. He is on OpenYourToys.com. Uh, you can learn all about the upcoming releases: Transformers, GI Joe. Let me just do the cross here: uh, GI Joe, Transformers, He-Man, and and watch and watch. 
There you go. That's right. Um, I forgot. <laughs> what, what, which, which one did I forget? No, uh, Star Wars, G.I. Oh, Joe. Wars. I forgot Star Wars. That's, that's actually my favorite one. Okay. <laughs> I, I guess I, I just took it for granted. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so, yeah. Um, hey, man, thanks so much. This has uh, been a lot of fun. Um, and I look forward to uh, seeing y'all again. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping we can do this again with uh, Slick. Uh, more and more crossover. Keep your keep your eyes peeled for the cons. Uh, thank you for joining us here at Matty P. Do you, uh, you you got anything you want to say before we let you go, Slick? No, I just want to thank you guys for having me on. It, it was awesome. It's definitely uh, made the time go by on my 12-hour drive here. So I I really really appreciate it. Oh, bad news. We've only been talking for about an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, All right, that well, hour and a half flew by. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us, everybody. I'm uh, Grim Shea, and you can find me under your mother's bed. Oh, boy, a chocolatey-flavored cereal. With tasty marshmallows. Oh, this is enough of this.